Um, my favorite club is like Cream, the underground, obviously, as you know, which was an underground club, which is now gone. And you might, people might say that's aggressive because it's got like a lot of aggressive hip hop music in that sense. You can read it that way, like it's got a lot of trap and old school hip hop. But to me, it's like that is actually like a much more of a feeling of camaraderie and community, which is what I would like to. Like a club's supposed to be a social experience, right? And obviously, obviously, a place like space is a social experience, but it's kind of like seems like a dumb social experience, you know? It seems like just bobbing up and down. It seems fucking brainless to me.、Um, like cream, I like it. I like underground scenes. That's always where my shit is because personally, you go there and it feels like even if you don't talk to anyone, it feels like you're on a certain wavelength with people that you're not in a bigger club. And I really, really like that, especially here because I can't really talk to people,、um, and I kind of wish I could because they look cool. But even though I can't talk to them, I like seeing that they're there. You know, it makes me feel like a sense of belonging in Chongqing when I see these kind of like again sort of underground punk rap type people coming out and showing themselves and having their fashion sense, or even they don't. If it's not like a standout fashion sense, but even just like their vibe and the way they walk, or you know, they got tattoos, they got the hair. To me, that, that feels like that's always wherever country I'm in. That feels like the space that I would belong to. So that that was really valuable to me. Management. You can find this podcast on almost all streaming platforms: Netties, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. I am your host, Shannon Dawson. This is the second episode, and we've got a jam-packed interview coming up with rapper Bohan Phoenix. And I mean, it's like literally almost an hour's worth of just really great conversation. But just now, though, you were listening to a story, or what I like to call a management mini. From a good friend of mine by the name of Taha, he's an expat living and working in Chongqing. He was telling us about his favorite club, which was Cream when we had it open, and he talks about this idea of camaraderie and the space of being able to learn about hip hop culture and how the scene is just steadily growing here in China. And that was the whole idea behind Cream when we opened. It was to pay homage and highlight the wealth of talent coming out of Chongqing and from abroad, but it was also the safe space for just creativity and expression, and it really shed a small light into the future of what music is becoming in China. And so, and I mean, there's just so much talent here. I mean, you have crews like Wave Music, Gosh, Rice Gang, and IC Mob. Bringing these unique ideas of what hip hop means to them to the streets, and I love that. And you know, I kind of think of it as this like act of rebellion, and it's a way for them to just really show 
what goes on in Chinese daily life without the repercussions. Um, unfortunately, money is always the root of things, so we couldn't manage to keep it open long enough. But hopefully someday we can open another one. Um, and Chongqing is just like a small scope into the spectrum of things. I mean, there are just so many exciting crews, rappers coming from all around China that are keeping the culture alive and really dynamic in their own ways. Bohan Phoenix is certainly one of them. So I got the interview coming up in a bit. First, I want to jump into a little mini mix of some of my favorite Chinese hip hop artists and producers. This is Club Management. I was 11 back in 03, yeah, fresh off the plane from the overseas. Who bade E tongue when they bone me? Um, less than a year of the monkey. Me and mama raised me by her solo. Send money to the hands of her OGs. Pops a pussy, left the ass dolo. But she never tripped, none, never Kofi. As a kid, I never understood who I am, where I'm from. I didn't need a crisis, yeah, I had a ton. Too foreign for here, too foreign for home. Too torn and choose and on and on till I torn the booth down. Burn the blueprint, brought the new sounds. Motherfuckers, now you know the name. Bo honey, you don't forget. La la la. How we said not to do trap, uh Mama said not to do rap, yeah Never really planned on either one But I know exactly where I'm at, uh Yeah, I know exactly where I'm at, hey Talking about stacks on stacks You know where I've been, know where I'm going So yeah, I know exactly where I'm at, uh, uh I think to be honest, my opinion is, uh, uh I think you should just forget about trap uh, And just stop doing those trash things Yeah, yeah Uh, working uh, on music Go on, uh, get well
喜悲中的像是没有风喜怒哀乐风好的来自我铁子哥人创造是把节奏都不重要哎哎上帝都被我晃到不能放弃一定要记好哎 
其他人只配啃树皮。Because I know my rules, kids. Black truth is we are proving it. 但过程中总会 lose it. Oh, 你哪里牙天痛了？他妈的， that's some new shit. 加上你朋友的朋友 ，cause we be making the movies all night. With the rap money, the cash trap money, to the party 就做爱，喊着翻翻，听着 TT， 还整天 West Coast all life. All your fake shit, 只求生命 Please give me all of the light. 从来没想过要 beef， 但如果有 beef， 请多加点胡椒粉。那些得意忘形、得意忘却的有必要见你的辅导人，依旧叛逆的暖男，想靠押韵走红都诡辩说书好冷。就像一九三七年搞侵略的日，他妈非要孤单战守冷。We're talking about bitches and money. We're talking about bitches and money. We're talking about bitches and money. We're talking about bitches and money. Taki to onna no kotachi. Taki to onna no kotachi. Taki to onna no kotachi. We're talking about bitches and money. We're talking about bitches and money. Bitches and money. We're talking about bitches and money. Bitches and money. Taki to onna no kotachi. Taki to onna no kotachi. We're talking about bitches and money. We're talking about bitches and money. Talking about bitches and money, boys, jeans, looking so ugly. Sit straight, yeah we party. Over the shit, we mosh pit. Take flight by jet blue. You touch them, pull up the binnacle. You let them spin it on my euro. Check my poster, all in Soho. I said been hitting on the rocks. I said been hitting on the rocks. 巡演在美国，我工作的时候也感觉我像在度假。Do not disturb. It's time for your turn. I saw friends got me rocking my fur. She said I'm such a jerk. Yeah, do it. 在这个样子做对了嘞，再看一下在座的肥不肥，在我面前永远是脆了嘞。哦，对了嘞，在这个样子做对了嘞，再看一下在座的肥不肥，在我面前永远是脆了嘞。We're talking about bitches and money, bitches and money, 哎。We're talking about bitches and money, bitches and money, 哎。Take it down, nana go touchy, take it down, nana go touchy. We're talking about bitches and money. We're talking about business and money.、Yeah. We're talking about business and money. On Ghana, so on that, I'm gonna talk about sticky hot dog. I'm gonna talk about good things. Listen, I'm not a killer. The guy I'm busy, I'm good man. He's on his way. I'm gonna get some good guy. Good man, he's dying. It's my time. I'm gonna get some money. But God is getting us through the night. Not the Kimi Hotachi, ni yalu tame hala. After party, no club, bitches yali tagalu. Happy no kani hanabi, tuku champagne bottle. Sufin de tennis, ludale. We're talking about bitches and money. 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 Taki to onna no kotachi. Taki to onna no kotachi. Taki to onna no kotachi. We're talking about bitches and money. Bitches and money. Bitches and money. We're talking about bitches and money. Bitches and money. Look at my diet, 肥了瘦，感觉和人儿。证据你对手没有。
个在意什么味道。Uh, 我没空了要追怪，我没跟我 say alright， 我们性格有点歪，不能过我好久。钱再多都甩不过我，要的我跟他们都不同 ，This you know， 要的 It's that love love， 要的要的要的要的，废话不用说，看你怎么做，要的你的钱再多都甩不过我，要的我跟他们都不同 ，This you know， 要的 It's that love love， 要的要的要的 ，Look I don't wear no bag， nah I don't rock no cream。If you do, that's great. Hey, it's just not my thing.、Uh-huh. But my jewelry dancing cost me about three stacks. Outcasts got me feeling fancy, blame it on three stacks. Jay, I know what I want and need, and can't nobody tell me. No, otherwise, otherwise you probably have to kill me. Oh, you want all this money? I want so much more. Wake up and be my damn self. That's something you can't afford. 废话不用说，看你怎么做，要的。你的钱再多，都甩不过我。要的，我跟他们都不同。This you know， 要的。It's that love love。要的，要的，要的。哎，废话不用说，看你怎么做。要的，你的钱再多，都甩不过我。要的，我跟他们都不同。This you know， 要的。It's that love love。要的，要的，要的。说实话，一开始就从来没有想过会用音乐赚钱。当时连英文都一句不会，我的目标是装 M&M。然后在眨眼的一瞬间，突然发现身边一切改变。现在要成为第一，是我唯一的目的。It's not gonna change。他们说参加节目，他们说千万别去，他们 tell me what to do。Can't even forget who I be。I am the one with the plan。I got the world in my hands。I got the power to be and do what I wanna。Hope one day you understand。废话不用说，看你怎。这么做，要的，你的钱再多都甩不过我，要的，我跟他们都不同 ，This you know， 要的 ，It's that love love， 要的，要的，要的，哎，废话不用说，看你怎么做，要的，你的钱再多都甩不过我，要的，我跟他们都不同 ，This you know， 要的 ，It's that love love， 要的，要的，要的。It's club management coming out of the mini mix with some of my favorite tracks from different producers and rappers out of China. I played a track off of LA beat scene producers、uh, Mike Gao's new project, Human Recursion, called Heart of the Continent. A groovy tune from Chongqing based stars Gosh called USB, and of course some of Bohan Phoenix's cuts like Yaude and Fuck Trap featuring. A fave of mine, how we lead.、Um, I'll have the playlist for the full mix posted in the comment section below, so you can go back and snag the songs you like. So let's talk about rapper Bohan Phoenix. I mean, he's been steering down his own lane for quite some time now, and he's unapologetic about it. 
Moving to the U.S. at the age of 11, the rapper came to the States as a young boy, knowing no English and having to settle into a new landscape far removed from his native hometown in Hubei, China. Through determination and serious grind, Bohan has been able to beat the odds, rapping about his Chinese identity and giving listeners, both abroad and stateside, a look into the duality of his roots through albums like Overseas, Foreign, and most recently, the Yao Dei EP. The charismatic lyricist sat down with me for an interview about living in China, performing, and the state of Chinese hip-hop. Have a listen. So, everyone, welcome to Club Management. I'm Shannon Dawson. Uh, and let's welcome the very ever-so-talented Bohan Phoenix. Yay, woohoo. <laughs> okay, Thanks man. For me. Of course, yes, and thank you for taking the time out of your schedule, man. And you know what? I just want to first off just uh, really, really thank you for being so down to earth and humble. I mean, the times that I have met you, you've always been so encouraging to me and my DJ partner, Tronic, you know, letting us play at your shows. And it's like the same person that I hear in your songs is the same person that I see when I see you in person. So thank you for being genuine and never being on some fake industry bull. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, it's always a pleasure to hang out with you guys in Chongqing. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm glad, we, I'm glad we can keep that going. Of but course. yeah, I appreciate the kind words, you know. Yeah, of course, man. Now, first question that I have for you, name three songs that have shaped the musical journey of Bohan Phoenix. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> that's a really loaded that's question. That's the first one. That's yeah, the first one. That's uh, the first Jesus one. Christ. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, so I think uh, we'll just go backwards. I think it's easier for me to go backwards. That's okay. So probably Brown Sugar is one of them uh, by D'Angelo. That's the classic. And um, that's the classic. But it took me a while to get to that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Lost Ones by J. Cole. Mm. Let's see what else we got. What else we got? Very, very tough question. And then uh, probably any given song by Eminem. Mm, that is Back a really good one. Pre, pre encore, you know, obviously. Yeah, of course. Well, that's a, those are actually really great ones. Um, mm. Now let's let's rewind a little bit because I always like to hear about the backstory on artists. What were you doing before you started rapping? Um. I mean, so I really, I really started rapping when I was um, in like tenth grade, which was I'm trying to see how old that was. It's probably two thousand eight, mm-hmm. and you know, before that, I was kind of just learning English and just like a, a high school student, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like when I moved to the states when I was eleven. After that, I was learning English and. Um, it was really during the process of learning English that I came across rapping. And, um, and yeah, so, I, I mean, immediately I realized it's something that I had interest in. And once it, when high school came, mm-hmm. I, I, joined a, I joined a gospel choir just to um, be closer towards the music. Um, I knew I knew hip-hop was, uh, you know, started from black culture and I wanted to be closer towards you know, whatever that could get me closer towards black culture and gospel choir was like the closest thing I had in my high school that I could, you know, really, um, you know, uh, explore. Right. So 
Um, I never really had uh, any other ambition. I mean, I have other ambitions now. I would love to act or teach in the future, but right, right now, but but you know, I think, yeah, rapping was just something that I've always uh, been doing since I decided that there was something that I wanted to do. So that's so cool. You would actually make a really great teacher. That's a good idea. Oh, <laughs> uh, thank you. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that would definitely be a class that I would want to take. But let's. Um, yeah. But let's talk about that. Being 11 and coming to the U.S. not knowing any English, yeah. that has to be crazy. Like sitting in a classroom with a bunch of kids speaking English and not really knowing what's going on. Like, what's that experience yeah. like? Well, so I I actually moved from Yichang, Hubei, which is like super rural. I, but like before I moved to the States, I slept in the same bed as my grandparents for 10 and a half, 11 years. Wow. And we didn't even have we didn't even have an indoor bathroom. We had like an outhouse you know um Whoa. yeah it was and then i went to boston which is like a very very developed and you know like first class city you know on the world wide map and um mm-hmm. yeah it was like overwhelming going from kind of you know running around without shoes on to like fucking being in a class full of white, Jewish, black, and Asian kids, you know, mm-hmm. however, Indian, every, people from all over the world, really. Right. And um, I think I was lucky that I went to the States at such a young age where kids weren't really clicky yet. You know, once you get to middle school, mm-hmm. once you get to high school, making friends becomes so much harder. But, like, you know, in fifth grade, kids were so innocent. They were just, like, curious where I was from. You know, I was curious about them. Mm-hmm. And um, that's one of the good things about learning language when you're young. You really pick it up from your environment, you know. So, yeah, at the time, uh, I didn't really understand a word of English. Mm-hmm. But the fact that kids were willing and friendly to engage with you. And then, uh, you know, they have the ESL program, right. which is English Second Learning, right? Second Language, which, you know, so they have like, classes for you in math and you know all the all the regular courses but like you have like a, a different you have like a, your own teacher that kind of follows you around and like helps you out and then on top of all of that my stepfather is swedish he's swedish american he's oh, a wow. white dude so so like all of that kind of helped my english you know propel to the um next level really fast and then you know in within like a couple of years of being in the states Mm-hmm. I was like basically imitating every rap song I could find. So <laughs> um, before I ever had like a Chinese accent, I had like a, a rap accent. So a rap accent, I like that. Um, and yeah. what, like, what's the artist that you were listening to at that time that really made you be like, okay, this is what I want to do? Yeah, I mean, so um, the reason I I I, I had an interest in hip hop. Um, you know, distinctly happened because, uh, I mean, it's such a cliche, but because when I saw 8 Mile and I saw that uh, Eminem as a white dude in a predominantly black world, like literally Detroit, as well as the music world, the hip-hop world, you know, this white dude in this predominantly black universe was able to not only have friends and com- like comrade comradeship, camaraderie, I mean, and then also just like uh, find confidence, you know, Mm-hmm. where you know people probably thought like he least fit in and at the time i didn't really i had a couple friends that lived on my block couple white kids russian kids whatever mm-hmm. but like i i never really had like the confidence until 
you know, I saw the movie and I was like, oh man, maybe I could, you know, maybe hip hop can be something that I can express myself with and mm-hmm. make friends with and find confidence within. So it really wasn't even the music at first. It was just Eminem's story and how his like determination to be good at what he what he wanted to be good at and you know that overpowered everything it overpowered you know race that overpowered all the hate that was growing around him and um i just thought that was such a uh alluring thing to me right. and um and and yeah so it started off being just purely eminem i mean like i was going to school with the fucking you know do act like he was like a baseball <laughs> cap you know like and I didn't even fully speak English. Like the, the middle school teachers were like, "What the hell is going on with this kid?" You know, like yeah. And um, yeah, and you know, and as I got a little bit older, a couple years older, I obviously, you know, knew every word of every Eminem song. And then it was within his lyrics. You know, I'm like, okay, all right, now who's Eminem listening to? All right, mm-hmm. so there's Pac, there's Biggie, there's Jay, there's you know, so I started branching out because of the names that he was dropping, you right, know. Right, and so I, I got into, yeah, and so after Eminem, I got into the heavy, heavy Tupac phase, even more so than Biggie. I mean, I know Biggie, you know, eventually I recognized that Biggie is a better rapper. Mm. But what what attracted me to Tupac was he was such a full person. You know, he was not just a rapper. He was just, you know, beyond the, act- okay. the obvious activist side. No, no, Pac. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And like beyond beyond the whole rapping and activist thing, like dude was just a multifaceted person, you know, like mm-hmm. like one of the things like that really fascinated me with him was the duality within him, you know, like he could make songs called like Dear Mama and then he had songs like Hit Him Up. Right. And then, you know, and then had songs like I Get Around and then he had songs like Bring This Guy to Baby. And then, like, somebody interviewed him one time. He's like, well, we all have this duality within us. Mm. You know, he's like, it's just worse. He's like, it's just worse for me because I'm a Gemini. But, <laughs> you know, like, if you should really be careful of those people that only show you one side of themselves. Mm. Because they, they're afraid. They're afraid to, you know, show them their true, their true selves, you know. like mm-hmm. And, yeah, like, dude was just super fascinating. So it was like M, Pac. That was that. Those two really dominated the earlier listening days for me, and they, that's kind of where I got the, my values from right. in terms of when it comes to the music. Yeah, right. So, so when you first started making music, right? I mean, you you just mentioned the story about how you used to come to the classroom with the do rag on, and you were like yeah. in full hip hop persona. Only lasted, that only lasted. <laughs> the do rag. The do rag situation only lasted about like a week <laughs> or two before. Before somebody, before somebody like told told uh, before some teacher told my parents and they were like, no, nah, <laughs> that's okay. But you know what, the do rag thing and the hip hop persona, it it makes me come to this next question. I mean, I'm sure you had the haters out there that were looking at you like, yo, there can't be a Chinese cat doing hip hop. Like, I'm sure right. you encountered that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so just to be clear for motherfuckers listening, like that do rag thing happened when I <laughs> was when I was like when I was like fucking twelve years old. Right? That's that was like uh, you know, it was before <laughs> I knew any better. You know, it That's was more okay. just like I wanted. It's like a, it's like you look at a basketball player. It's like, oh wow, I want to dress like him. You right. know, like 
I was looking at him. I was like, ah, he's so dope. I want to dress like him. Like, but yeah, so back to your question. Because mm. I don't want people to think I was walking around like no, no, 18, no, no, 19 no. years old. <laughs> we like, yeah, okay. But yeah, I mean, in terms of haters, man, like, I think it's a very common thing that rappers, you know, put in their lives. Like, mm. you know, haters want to see me fall, you know, like, fuck the haters, you know. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. Like, there was never really direct opposition man even like mm. i think um there was definitely a couple i mean there, there's definitely a lot of cases where people have felt some type of way mm. but people are like nice enough to then say it out loud but you can tell in their eyes that when they look at you and you're on stage you know like you can just tell they're just not convinced yeah, yeah you know yeah. What I mean? like like um i mean i used to I used to run New York Poets Cafe mm. back in like from like 2010 to 2014, like when I was in my college years. I used to go there and like run that club. You know, I go on stage and people was like, "Who? What the fuck is this kid?" And I do my thing, and people was like, "Yo, this is hot." People was like, "Yo," you know, like <laughs> and like and and then like when I when I used to go up to Apollo and do the amateur nights at the Apollo. Mm. You know, like, of course, like, I step on stage, I say I'm here to rap. Like, half the audience is black and Hispanic. They're like, well, you know, what, you know, what's what's about to happen? He about to break himself with a Sandman about to come on, you know? <laughs> but, yeah, I never, I never got booed off stage one time. And, you know, it got to a point where they actually invited me back for the Apollo BET taping. Like, that was, that aired on TV and shit. Wow. Like, so it was mad, it was always mad love from the, the black community and, mm. To be honest, the most the most confrontation I got over the years was either a disapproval mm-hmm. by like non-black audience, um, you know, and, um, mm. and more specifically, there were a couple occasions where Asian people, Asian Americans, were like, "You're not supposed to be doing this." Like, this, wow. like black culture, like yeah, like your culture appropriating, like. Mm-hmm. you know blah, blah 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 you know like so um yeah. yeah so i mean yeah definitely i definitely i think definitely people felt some type of way but to be honest like i mean white rappers has been a, a thing for so long now it's really it, w- it really wasn't that much people that many people that was like oh asian people you're not supposed to be rapping you know mm-hmm. like shit like that yeah i, feel I like- always say i always say like wu-tang were the first asian rappers right like yeah, you know, they started like, that. Yeah. They really started they, that, like, cross They really, yeah. Mm-hmm. For real. So, you know, like, you know, so, I mean, it's all it depends on how you look at it. I don't even look at them as haters. I think they just don't understand. <laughs> That's very true, too. But um, let's talk about that, too. So you always talk in your songs about how, like, your family was a little bit disapproving of you rapping at first and how that was a challenge trying to, you know, uphold this this exciting uh, career in making music, but then not really having your family on your side. Like, why? You know. I mean, did I talk about that? I feel like you did. <laughs> nah, I don't. No, nah, I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've ever. Um, my family were never not supportive of it. Mm-hmm. They were never supportive of it. Like they were never like they were never like, yeah, you should do this because they didn't know what it was. Like, you know, like, how could you support something that that you don't even understand what it is? Like, but they were never like, nah, you shouldn't do this. Mm -hmm. They were just more concerned about like whether I could actually make a living from it. You know, Mm -hmm. like, I think, I think at the end of the day, your parents 
you know, as long as you're not fucking out here doing really illegal shit, like, they don't really care what it is your passion. They care about like could that passion support you, you know? Mm. That's 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 the that's the main worry and I think, you know, uh, the biggest support my mom ever gave me was not te- was not not telling me to do it. Was I wait, see. was not telling me to stop. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like like if 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 she was like and and you know like she even like went all the way up to Harlem from Boston. She took a bus from Boston to Harlem to watch me perform at the Apollo one time, you know, even though she didn't really understand what the hell was happening. Like, you know, um, I think, yeah, I think, I think um, I have, I never talked about them not supporting it, but I do have, I have talked about the mm-hmm. songs that, you know, uh, growing up in China and then moving to the States and then coming back and my family here is seeing me do the rap thing. They're more confused uh, than anything uh. about, you know, they're more like it's not it's not a, a non-supportive but more like not understanding like what it is that i actually do like my grandfather was like why don't you go to bed on time why don't you go to bed at nine and wake up early like so your body's i'm like because like literally what i have to do doesn't even start until 10 o'clock he goes well i don't understand why don't you just perform during the daytime i'm like because it's not up to me you know yeah. like, it's not like that it's not you know and it's like very cute and innocent their 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 way of not understanding it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel you. Okay, that's good clarity because yeah. I kind of took it as like maybe you were experiencing some challenges with them really getting on board with the fact that you wanted to do this as your I mean, life what, career. What, you know? uh, whose parents really gets on board with their kid rapping black white race? <laughs> that's you true know? too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's like. Uh, not like you know getting on board when your kid says like you want to be a neurosurgeon you're like yeah of course go for that you know like when your kids is like your kids is i want to do hip-hop it's like what does that even mean you know like Uh so i mean when you go back to Chengdu, do you almost feel foreign in a sense like coming back to china uh when you're not there like after a long period of time like the way that people look at you the way that they see you move like do you feel foreign sometimes when you come to Chengdu? Yeah, um, I mean, so yeah, I left when I was eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely like I have this phrase like "too foreign for here, too foreign for home," mm-hmm. you know. And um, when I'm in the states, even though I speak fluent English, even though I know the the ways of you know the American culture very well, uh, at the end of the day, it's still. I still am a immigrant. Mm. I wasn't born there, you know. I'm I'm a foreigner there, you know. Um, but then, yeah, when I come back to China, although I look Chinese, um, you know, the minute I open my mouth, like people hear that, oh, he probably not from here, you know. Like, um, so yeah, I mean, definitely feel foreign back home. Um, I think, you know, the whole tattoo things, the whole way I dress is not really a thing anymore because mm. people out here in China be wilding out with the tattoos and, right. you know, everybody got everybody got crazy style. So it ain't really about, they don't really look at me funny like that, but it's like, um, yeah, sometimes when I engage in a conversation with somebody, uh, I realize, oh man, I really have a small, I really don't have enough context of what they're talking about. Like sometimes we'll have a conversation I have a conversation with, with some homies about like, like Chinese musicians, and you know they drop like some like names, right. uh, not like rap, not rappers, but they they'll drop like some like pop 
singers' names that everybody knows. And I'm like, yeah, I have no idea who that is, you know, like, or they'll talk about, you know, um, yeah, it's just like very sm- small and detailed things, but there's definitely like a, a sense of detachment, you know, mm. so, um, yeah. I, I feel you on that, man. All right, let's jump into the music. Um, some of my favorite, my favorite tracks by you are Eastside featuring Chauncey. Cool. Is it Chauncey or? Yeah. Okay. Can I be yeah, on- Chauncey, yeah. Can I be honest with you? with something about this Ah, I've always wanted to tell you this but I feel like the record would have been better if you just left Chauncey off of it (laughs) yeah you know what's crazy Uh you know what's really you know what's really crazy what's crazy all right so so Chauncey is uh so basically the beat was produced by my boy Drummy Uh um and his girlfriend and him lived together on Chauncey Street in Brooklyn Mm. and and so when they so that beat was by him and actually that entire song was already the entire melody was already there ah. and and sh- uh, his girlfriend gave it to me as a demo of just just like her humming the melody mm. and then i put the words down to it so i wanted to so i wanted to have her involved on the song and because I thought like my really proper auto tune, like added on with her like really small wispy voice mm-hmm. um, on it, you know, like, I thought it was like a cool combination. But I know what you mean. Yeah. I know what you mean. Uh, to, to be honest, that record should have been just bigger. Period. Because mm-hmm. like it's actually a really good song. Like even you know if I have to be objective, you know, like yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. I I don't think uh, you know. Well, there was no promo. I mean, like, yeah. there was nothing, like, you know. But it's cool. Like, I like, you know, I like having a good song that people don't know about. And they can, like, look look, look one day and be like, oh, shit. Oh, this song came out in 2017. Oh, damn, this is a good song. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's timeless yeah. shit, man. That's what you want, you yeah. know. Um, what's, the, yeah. what's the story behind that record? Like, when you were writing it, what were you writing yeah, about? Yeah, so, um, so 2017, I actually ended a relationship i was in for three years mm-hmm. and the girl that i was dating she was um she had uh uh let's see she had uh her her mother was korean and japanese and like her dad was like uh irish and portuguese so she's always she's had like she's had like asian roots and but she's never been to asia you know at the time mm-hmm. so it was um a thing that i we always talked about, you know, it's like, yo, whenever we get done tired in New York, we're going to move, move, move out East. We're going to move to Asia, mm. you know? And then, um, when I finally decided to move to Asia in 2017, she was like, nah, like, you know, I don't think I can go out there and you just go on tour. And I just like wait for you back at wherever our apartment is. It's like, I don't speak the language. And yeah, so it was like, um, you know, it was uh, a bummer that you know our relationship had to end, and she mm-hmm. kind of we when I never got to take her to the east to eat out to to Asia, but that song kind of is the I guess the uh, the way that I did take her out here. Yeah, man. Oh, do you guys still keep in contact or no? Hell no, she hates me, <laughs> and she probably hates yeah, you she even more out. since he, she probably she found sees out about some. <laughs> yeah, she found out about some shit I did after after we broke up. Oh, well, she, after we broke up, she found out some shit. Oh, man, you know. Just, 
just college, college, very, very strong college vibes back in the days. Hey man, that's okay. You know, yeah. it's all right. It's it's, it's some. I got good a lot love. of songs out of her though. I right. got a lot of songs out of her though. <laughs> so, and I'm sure some good you know. love is coming for you on the way. You know, it's coming. Oh man, it was, that was some of the best loving. But like sometimes the the high, sometimes when you get so high, man, the lows are so low. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man, it happens. So, but um, let's yeah. also talk about uh, fuck trap. Featuring Howie Lee mm. and produced by Mike, Mike Gao. I love Mike Gao, actually. Yeah. He's making some yeah. really great music. Um, yeah. I love it because I feel like in this track, you're talking about just doing your own thing, like doing this shit on yeah. your own terms. Right. You're 100% lo- right. It has nothing to do with about fuck. It has nothing to do about. With trap it's music. Not, it's not a song. Yeah, it has, exactly. <laughs> it has nothing to do about trap. Mm. People, but people like, that song never got big because like people just never saw that. People was like, Oh man, like you know, I like trap, you know, and, you know, like, <laughs> like, like yeah, like it's still a trap song, and uh, the the irony is that like I'm making a trap song called Fuck Trap, but it's really that like people get this whole like misunderstanding that if it's a trap song, it's got to be about bitches, hoes, you know. Right. I got O's in my bank account, you know, like, <laughs> and it's really like it's really just like a format trap music. I mean, like, you know, we want to talk about real trap music. We're talking Jeezy and fucking T.I. from back in the days, right? Like, but since people, like, now look at trap as, like, a, a genre of sound, mm. you know, like, I just, I, my point with that song is kind of just, like, you don't have to follow the trend of trap, you know, like, right. but it's not I'm saying fuck trap, you know, it's like, um, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, I really appreciate yeah. that. Um, and like you're you're doing this whole thing independent. You're not backed by any like major label or anything like that, right? Yeah, just myself. Oh my god, that's got to be so challenging. Like, what's what's the hardest thing about being independent? I just not having your music heard as much as you would like to. Mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, um, I think it's it's a beautiful thing. I think there's pros and cons for independent and, and you know or will you sign a deal? Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest con, um, in my opinion, the things that I personally get most frustrated with is making a song that I think is really great, but I know that not, uh, uh, you know, I know that like not a lot of people will get to hear it because my arm only goes so far when it comes to pushing myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel you, man. Um so let's talk a little bit. I feel like you can't talk about music without being just a tad bit political. Um, what do you think about the state of hip hop in China right now? I mean, hip hop is huge in China. It's <coughs> everywhere with the rap of China. <clears throat> yeah. Like, what do you think about it? Yeah, I think, um, you know, if you look at the states, it really took three decades for it to um have this like course of time for people to really like see the evolution of it to see where it came from um mm. it had like a really nice period of development time you know mm. in the states you know it got to develop naturally uh, of course there were the industry you know all that you know but in china i mean Everything starts with an imitation, like a kid walking, a kid, you know, t- baby learn to talk, you know, mm. fucking a, a, uh, somebody who just joined a basketball team and is 
learning to do like a sick layup, you know, imitating, you know, someone who's better. So I think China right now, when it comes to hip hop uh, as a whole, it's still at the imitation phase, you know, Mm. Um, inevitably the States when it comes to pop culture has always been a couple steps ahead than the rest of the world, you know, and, um, you know, mainly, you know, let's be real. Like a lot of the dope music are black music, you know, Mm. and predominantly that's coming out of Africa, you know, like all this Afro, um, your, um, Afro beats, uh, Afro beat. And also just like, you know, uh, the, in the States, you know, I think it's had a time to develop, um, but yeah, in China, it's like a very imitation phase. I mean, you look at every rapper, they look the same, they rap the same, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's going to take time to get to a point where it's a healthy ego economic where um, people can ha- can do different things and, and not feel pressured to, mm-hmm. you know, um like a lot of rappers now like they're like oh man if i don't go to rap in china like what am i gonna do like how am i supposed to have a career like this is over for me you know like they they get eliminated and they're like oh no like uh now i gotta go home like what am i gonna do you know (laughs) it's like it like blows my mind that people you know i mean it doesn't at the same time because i when i started doing music it was like there was no money expectation, you know, I was living mm. in Brooklyn on couches for like years, you know, like, mm. but it was, a, it was, it was having fun doing it. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, China, and another thing about China is the idol culture is so strong, mm. the idol worship culture. So like, unless you look a certain way, unless you, you know, act a certain way, talk a certain way, like, you know, they don't deem you marketable for the mass audience, you know? So it's like, um, yeah, so and you know the idol culture really drives a lot of a lot of uh, uh, mm-hmm. how things work out here. So, but then I mean, you look at so like for those rappers, those Chinese rappers that say, "Oh, you know, like what's going to happen if we're not on Rapper China? We can't make it." I mean, look at the case of like the Higher Brothers, right? When they came out with their first album, like none of them knew how to speak English, but they were able to get like booked at Rolling Loud, and I mean, a part of that probably uh, has no, to do but, with like eighty eight rising being a yeah, powerhouse, exactly, like, you know. When I like, if I didn't sign them to '88, but like they would be going on rap in China, no doubt. You know, mm-hmm. like wait, so like, you wait a minute, you played a part in them being signed to '88. I signed them to '88. <gasps> I, I, I literally met them in Chengdu before '88 Rising popped off, mm-hmm. and when '88 popped off in New York, I said, like, "Yo, like if you guys want some Chinese artists, you know, like that's that's you know, here's here's High Brothers," oh, and wow. I was. And 88 was founded by a Korean and Japanese dude, uh, Sean Miyashiro. And he didn't know what a VPN was. He didn't have a single connect in China. He didn't have anybody that was in his company that was Chinese, even though the company is called 88. It's called Baba. You know what I mean? Like, That's crazy. It was like very, very crazy and sketchy to begin with. But yeah, like <laughs> I ended up uh, bringing them higher brothers, managing higher brothers, signing them, signing higher to them, you know, like. And that was really the only reason Hire was able to blow up at that in that speed in that short period of time. Wow! You know, uh, to to the extent. Otherwise, they would definitely be going on. They would have definitely gone on Rap of China the first year without a doubt. Interesting. That's a really great story. How how I'm just curious. How come you didn't want to sign to '88? Um, you know. So basically, what happened was um. Uh, 
I was managing them, and at the same time, I was so I was on contract managing them, right? Like I was supposed to get paid. Mm. But then after that, after I signed them, after they ended the deal with ADA, ADA just cut me out. They voided my contract and they didn't pay me a penny. Mm. And then, um, yeah, so there was like very, it was a fucking, uh, basically Sean fucked me over pretty bad. And, um, wow. and at the time, at the time I was sending them my own music and they were like, nah, your music is not for our audience. And I was like, what do you, what, what? Like, my music is not for your audience? Like, mm-hmm. so who's your audience? You know what I mean? Like, and, you know, and slowly, and I was pitching them other Chinese artists. And then slowly I realized ADA is not a music company. They're more of a PR company. They want people that's already popping mm-hmm. and then they can easily market them. Like Rich Chigga already blew up off of that stick. They took him over. Kitaib already had a Jimat, they took him over. Right. Joji already had, was Filthy Frank and the Pink Guy, they took him over. Right. You know, so like, they, they, and their strategy is like pairing Chinese artists with black artists. Like the whole reaction videos where they have Migos and 21 sit down and, you know, watch the Higher Brother music videos. Right. Like, oh yeah, this shit dope. You I know, like, that, yeah. that's, yeah, that's their strategy. Like validating Asian artists with black artists, you know, like, that's why they spend a lot of money doing like, the 12 minute long famous Dex karaoke video, like mm-hmm. a five minute long XXX Tentacion cocktail making video. Wow. That's why every rapper, every rapper on Higher Brothers' new album is a pay for a feature. Uh, they're all black artists, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and not a single, not a single one from Schoolboy to Soldier to JID to Denzel, not a single one of them shouted out Higher Brothers or 88 on the entire album. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was such, such like a, strategic um way for them to uh, pro- com- promote their shit and so when i realized that they were not interested in <clears throat> any other like actual artists that 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 that's super i mean there's so many dope art asian artists yeah you know, don't get me wrong i think rich brian is a very talented kid mm-hmm. but he by no means is the any even like top 10 of like when it comes to like chinese or asian mcs Interesting. Me, you know like, so, so who do you think is really <laughs> holding it down for Chinese hip hop besides yourself? <laughs> I mean, like it's just like it's the point. The point is, there is so many artists out there that could use the help, and that could uh, like the entire scene could benefit from like ADA's platform, but mm-hmm. they choose to only support those that can make them immediate paper. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Like so. um and and yeah and like you know i think um uh when it, from a pr company standpoint they've done a terrific job you know mm-hmm. um and so like they put jala on their channel because they felt bad for not paying me for eight months of work Jeez. you know i was translating i was translating i was reading contracts i was coordinating music videos you know what i mean i was doing everything i was giving them market expertise on china you know Damn. And uh, they were like, "Yeah, we, you know, we, uh, you know, we feel bad, you know, whatever happened between us, blah blah." Like, we want to help promote your music, so they put Jala on their channel. But the minute they put Jala on their channel, people are like, "Oh, Bowen signed '88. Oh, mm. well, Bowen's with '88 now." So they they were they saying they were help they were gonna help me, but they actually helped themselves in return, you know. Interesting. And then they put and then they put No Hook out, which is my song, but they put it out as Higher Brothers featuring Bowen. Because they didn't want pe- they didn't want people to know that I had 
reach to higher brothers. You know what I mean? Like they, they were like, they were like, yeah, like if we put Bohan Phoenix feature higher brothers out, uh, might not be as, you know, it's probably best if we put higher brothers reaching Bohan Phoenix. You know, like that's wild. A, yeah, it's wild. And at the time, I was so naive. I was like, man, you know what? Like if the music is heard, it doesn't matter who song featuring who. But like. Yeah, in hindsight, you know, that shouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, like, Three Days in Tendu, like, Eastside, like, Product, all these overseas, you know, like, I send them these songs, and they're like, yeah, no, this is not for us. It's not It's not for us. It's not for us. And I'm like, all right, man, you know, like... You're missing I out. Guess you got, I, guess, <laughs> I guess you guys rather make a 12-minute long video of, like, uh, you know, famous ex who, like, beat the shit out of his girlfriend you know the video right. is still online Jesus like you see you rather support like somebody like ex who beat the shit out of his pregnant girlfriend like you know like then to support like other asian artists uh you know uh, we got obviously got different agendas so mm. uh, how i feel about ada i've talked about ada in so many interviews man like i you know shout out to ada for just kind of bringing spotlight towards the whole asian community mm. in general because they, you know they have done a great job at like raising awareness that like there is this group of Asian artists out here, but at right. the same time, at the same time, like you know, um, to me, like when people ask me about representation, man, it's like, like name me somebody that can compete at Kendrick, at Drake, at Kanye level. If mm-hmm. we don't have that, if we don't have that quality yet, I don't want any representation. I don't want shit highlighted just for pity or diversity reasons you know what i mean mm. like it's like i i want i want i want the, the quality to be there first and to be honest like i'm not just, i'm just not impressed by ada you know when it comes to like quality content you know mm, interesting man um how, how are you feeling about performing in china are you are you happy that you're performing here or what do you what's the energy like i guess for you as an artist um Sometimes it's great because there's a lot of people out here, mm-hmm. you know, and it's nice to perform for a lot of people sometimes. Mm-hmm. But other times, because there's a lot of people, but they're actually there to see, like, the idols, like a TT or, uh, you know, like a Manchuka or, like, you know, like a pretty boy type of artist. Right. That, you know, you they, no matter how hard you are going on on stage, like sometimes in the crowd, they they don't care, you know. They're just waiting till you're done, and the headliner come out, you know. So mm. so they can take take photos of dude, you know. Yeah. Again, the <laughs> idol culture, the idol culture is very interesting, man. Like I I was out here performing in 2015, 2016, top ever 2017, like before the show started, and that's when people were coming out to see music, you right. know. Like they they really were coming out to like they heard a song and they wanted to see a live version of it. You know, they didn't come out to, like, be a part of the whole, like, uh, you know, like, fucking taking photo, Instagramming, like, yeah. kind of like, I, kind of like I was there type of culture, you right, know. And, right, right, uh, right. Which is something that, like, we, uh, you know, we had the cream, we had cream in Chongqing for a little bit. And, like, mm-hmm. the dynamic at the hip hop shows was really quite weird because, first off, you yeah. have a lot of younger kids coming in. They don't drink, yeah. so you're not making a ton of money on alcohol right. sales. 
And then yes. it's like they come, they take their pictures, they kiki, and then after the show, they just leave. So the but yeah. <laughs> and oftentimes the hip hop shows end early. So by twelve o'clock, you may have like a club that's empty because no one's still around, which I found really right. odd. Yeah, and like that, and, and when the opening DJs are playing, whatever, there's no reaction. People are not dancing. People are not like <laughs> even mo- even moving. You know, like you go anywhere in the world, you know, like if there's music on the dance floor, there's people on the dance floor and they're moving. You know, right. they like do a little two step out here. They just kind of got their arm on the railing or like just standing to the side on their phone, mm-hmm. waiting until the the ad come out. You know. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty lame if you think about it, you know. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like I said, it's the artist's job to educate the audience. But no artist out here is recognizing that responsibility. Everyone is just like, oh, all I need to do is jump up and down, spray some water at these people, do some <laughs> one, two, three, let's go, turn up. You know what I mean? Like right. a ED, like like rap has become EDM, bro. You know, like it's mm. it's like. It's like if there's no drop, if there's no that one, two, three, like, you know, like uh, water spraying, you know, like people don't think you're lit, you know, people it's like, oh, that was like, I, right. you know, like, right. right. so it's like, yeah, it's, it's really interesting, man. I still like performing a lot back in the States just because I could walk into a room full of people that don't know my music. And by the end of my set, I've like, oh, I've already, I turned half of them into my fans, you know, mm. because they're actually there for the music. But out here, like, you could be really dope, but they're looking at you like, why the whole thirty minutes? They're like, why is he wearing that bandana? You know, the whole thirty minutes, they're like, they're like, who is this guy? You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's uh, it's like, um, it gets frustrating, but it is the way it is. So, mm-hmm. um, so let's talk a little bit about uh the yo you did the yo MTV rap cipher not too long ago. Yeah, yeah. What was that experience like? Were you geeked? Because I mean, yo MTV raps. That's like legendary right like yeah i was geeked i was excited at the same time it ain't mtv america it ain't mtv back yeah, in the days that's true you know what i mean like um it's it's cool it's definitely like a, a resume building thing it's like oh oh yeah he was an mtv thing you saw that yeah that was cool oh okay yeah, yeah. you mm-hmm. know so yeah it was um you know, I mean, I definitely had the freshest verse in my cypher you know there's no <laughs> doubt about that you're not shy but um uh, it was definitely fun. It was it was cool to be around um, a lot of different artists and kind of like gauge where their head is at and how they, you know, um, basically what their attitude is towards the whole music thing. And um, mm. yeah, it, it was. I, I thought they did a really good job, you know, putting. Besides the cipher, they did a they did a couple profile pieces that was very in depth. That was very nice. Um, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that and. Uh, yeah, it was overall a pretty, pretty awesome experience. Mm. I was reading shortly after that that you you posted something on your Instagram that someone was saying you speak too much about your Chinese identity and that you're boxing yeah. yourself in. Um, who said that? So it was a, a, a so in the states. I don't know if you know, like May is now Asian Heritage Month. Mm-hmm. Like in May, I don't know when we got like a month. You know, like I know like. February was always Black History Month, but in the last, I guess, five years, all of a sudden, May is, you know, uh, Asian Heritage Month. Mm-hmm. And um, so SoundCloud had a little show, and the guy 
that's it that his name is tin t-i-n he's like a younger kid he's like an r&b artist mm. and uh he's chinese he actually uh he's some sort of asian dude mm-hmm. um and he works for ada actually oh. and and basically yeah uh basically he went on stage basically um uh Wait a minute. How can a guy, who can how can a guy that works for a label that pushes music and culture coming from the Asian yeah, diaspora right. tell you that you I speak know, about I know. it? <laughs> I know. I know. I know. He does. And 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 and, and, and you know what made him talk about it was just like so so I was on stage. Uh-huh. I did my shit. People were vibing. People loved it. You know what I mean? Like and then he go on stage and he he's doing his singing and to be honest objectively speaking it was just very boring music like he's trying to sound like you know kind of like frank ocean but he doesn't have the voice mm-hmm. when it comes to live performance you know he has a couple of good records recorded you know like there's a difference between a recording artist and a live performer you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying like so you know and he kind of like did his thing and you know it's nice you know he's doing a good job um he's you know but then like the dance floor started clearing he started kind of clear the dance floor you know so towards the end of his set he's like you know i think you don't have to from being an asian artist you don't have to talk about being asian all the time like blah blah blah, blah. like i think i just want to i i just want to have fun i think that's what's important uh you know uh i don't you know i'm just gonna talk about my everyday stuff blah blah and to me, I'm like, yo, that's not wrong. Right. But I'm not knocking. I'm not knocking you. But why are you knocking me? You know, like, and it was like, it was such like subliminal shit. You know, I wish she even called me out. I wish she even like, yeah, Boeing songs are great. But you know, I think you know, I wish she even fucking everybody knew that there that he was talking about me. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. and like, and and I re- and then I realized, yo, like, you're you're born and raised in America, like, or maybe. Maybe you don't have a urge or a need to talk about your background or your your heritage. But for me, I was born in China and then I moved to the States and, you know, like half of my life is here, half of my life is there. Like, the, just like the way I was brought up, like, and the, the music that I would listen to is self-expression. Mm. It's talking, telling your story, you know, like, and, you know, like, I just realized, you know, like, and, um, and then the next day he went on Instagram and then made a, another post about it. You know, like a long ass post about how, like, if you're Asian and you rap about being, like, you rap about, like, you know, anything about being, and, and he's acting like every one of my songs is like I'm talking and I'm Chinese and shit. You know what I mean? Like, oh. there was just, there's just a, you know what I mean? He, like, there's a few songs of mine. Yeah, I talk about the identity thing, like, but not every one of my songs I talk about being Asian. You know, right. but he making posts. He's making a post. Is like, yeah, like, you know, I think it's, I think it's, you know, like, um basically just like saying like you know if you're asian and you talk about being asian in your music then it's then it's like lame or not or you know i don't even i don't even know what he was trying to make it was just like he was just so insecure about whatever was happening man you know Mm. and uh and yeah like you know like to me like music affected me and gave me confidence and because it it was it spoke to me even though the artists were black the artists were were white whatever like the music changed my life you know like right. and the, the the one of the proudest things i have about that are from my own you know music i don't have that many followers 
I don't have that many followers on Weibo or Instagram, mm-hmm. but I have people hitting me up all the time saying, yo, man, like, I'm like from South Africa. I live in Russia now, like, but I, I, you know, the overseas zone, I totally get it, you know, I, you know, like three days in Jindu, yo, that like affected me that like, you know, like yeah, for me, I'm proud, I'm proud of the fact that my music can speak to people, you know, that have the shared a similar background or immigrant story or struggles with the identity and not kind of knowing where you fit in or not. So for him to kind of attack me like that mm-hmm. and indirectly, you know, like I just thought it was lame. I just thought I was like, yo, this is like the last thing the music is about. You know what I mean? Like, right. so yeah, that's that's basically the full background of that. That's crazy. And yeah, I like yeah, and like you said, I didn't even recognize that point you you made earlier. How he <laughs> how he gonna work for a company that's clearly pushing like Asian 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 agenda? Right. And then he, you know, <laughs> it don't sound right at all. But you know, teach his own. You yeah. know, um, yeah. I want to talk about this quote real quick because we've been talking for almost an hour. This is awesome. <laughs> oh, bet. Um, I want to talk about the quote that you made for your interview with Bandwagon, where you talk about, mm. you say, quote, we got a lot of Asian kids growing up wanting to be rappers, actors, to be stars yeah. in front of the camera, and that's dope. But if we really want yeah. things to change, we need just as many, if not more of them, wanting to be script writers, directors, music executives, and to become the gatekeepers. We hear a lot yeah. about this, this term of gatekeepers in hip hop. Mm-hmm. Um and oftentimes those gatekeepers, I mean, like you said, let's let's be real. Hip hop culture tends to be black culture, right? But a lot of those gatekeepers mm-hmm. are oftentimes white. Things are mm-hmm. changing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with Diddy and things are changing with Jay Z. But like, I, mm-hmm. I really that 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 quote really resonated to me because. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you can become a gatekeeper at some point and really put on? This, this i hope so yeah i hope so i mean that's definitely like you know um mm-hmm. I, ho- I hope one day i could have i could make a difference like that mm-hmm. i mean basically basically that 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 quote came as a result of a lot of thinking because mm-hmm. you know um i was thinking about how you know when people ask me about how come there's like a lack of Asian faces in American pop culture, right? Whether it be movies, when it comes to movies, like when you see like a Chinese face, it's either in a martial art movie, right? Or he's like, or he's kind of like playing the typical Asian role, right? Mm. Like the model student or whatever, right? And I was thinking about it. I was like, how come it, is this the case? How come this is what it still is? And I was like, you know, you know the conclusion I came um, to have by myself was that white masculinity cannot be challenged in America. Mm. So when black people challenge white masculinity, white white men can apply racism. Mm. They can they can keep black people to the sectors that make them happy, which is like music, which is like, oh, you want a job? Here's a job. Mm. You know, like, stop mm. complaining. You mm. got a black president now. Right, you know, like, right. So, so they apply racism either directly or indirectly, yeah, right? So, but when it's like, when like an Asian, like when an Asian person challenges white masculinity, like it's almost like, well, black people kind of had no choice. Our ancestors dragged them over here and we can't just tell them to go back to Africa. Mm. But if you're Chinese and you're complaining about lack of representation in America, well, why don't you just go back to China? Like, 
you got a whole country to go to. You know, yeah. you guys do. You guys got economy. You know, so like, why are you you know why are you complaining about that? And so I was talking to this guy named Carl Choi, who actually uh, was Jin's manager back in the like early two thousands when like Jin signed to Rough Riders, and um, I was talking to him about it, and he goes, "Yeah, you can blame white masculinity for almost damn near everything in the world." Mm. You know, like, like that's easy to blame, and we don't know if that's white. Like, you know, and then we got to talking about you know quality versus you know just like. Uh, just like having quality music, quality actors, quality all that, you know. And right. but you know, we don't really know. We don't really know if we can blame white masculinity. But he goes, we can't. But if we know, if we think that's the problem, you know, what's the solution? Mm-hmm. Right. So the solution, the solution is instead of asking white people to let us in, asking black people or whatever what have you to let us in, we got to be the people that open and closes the doors. You know, so we can mm-hmm. let ourselves in. So that's kind of like the realization I had that led to that quote, which is, yeah, it's great that we are growing up to want to be in front of the camera, you know, so people can look at us, look at us. But until we have people behind the cameras, people in positions like Leroy Cohen, people in positions like L.A. Reid, you know, like, like people who people who are really in the board meetings who are saying like, yo, yeah, like, you know, we want Bohan up in here now, you know, like <laughs> Def Jam, we gotta, Def Jam, we gotta have, you know, we got, we we need to sign a couple dope Asian cats, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, and I, I gotta be, you know, we gotta be in those positions to really start making a difference, right? Like, it's like, like, until we see, you know, to put it cruelly, until we see an Asian dude fucking a uh, hot blonde chick that's starring in like a Hollywood movie. We're not there yet. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You know? Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, you know definitely. Like, until, until there's like a lead Asian dude, alpha male role, not just the kung fu role, not just like a, <laughs> a rich, a rich Brian role. Until we got an alpha male Asian role that's fucking a hot white bitch in a Hollywood movie, we're mm. not there yet. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's like we have movies like Crazy Rich Asians, which is an amazing start, right? right? But it's an all Asian cast, man. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, um, right. I mean, that's you know, huge, I, you know, it, it's huge, but outside of an all Asian cast, there's no other movies where you find like a leading Asian male role, mm. you know, like even, even we are, we even have Charlie's angels where it's like, we have Lucy Liu, right? Like right. that's kind of like an Asian representation, you know, like, um, but yeah, when it comes to Asian women, neither. There's no, you know, like we have like Sandra Oh, you know, that's mm-hmm. kind of doing doing her thing now. But yeah, you know, so that that's that statement basically just, you know, it's like you said, most of the gatekeepers now are white and um mm-hmm. but we'll get there. I think I think we'll get there, you know. Yeah, you know, man. I could be wrong. No, I think so too, and I think it's time for us to start creating our own opportunities, creating our own music management companies, and demanding that seat yeah. at the table. You know? Yeah, I mean, look, look at, look, just look at like how long it took for black artists to win a Grammy. Hey. You know what I'm saying? Like black, black artists and and to win an Oscar too. Like black artists were fucking always talented. It just, it just needed time. Like the the, the industry just wasn't built for it in the beginning. You know, and right now, industry is not built for Asian people to come up in America, but like. So we need to build that infrastructure, you know, and, um, you know, like think about how long black people have been talking about, yo, we need to create our own, we need to create our own, we need to create our own. 
but the structure is just not built for that you know like mm-hmm. but i think i think i think it is changing you know especially for the black community i think um like you said there's there's definitely some people getting to that position closer to that position of power so yeah man we're getting there what i guess damn this is such a good interview that i don't even know what my last question is <laughs> i guess where do you see bohan phoenix in the next five years like what's your trajectory like what do you think where do you think you're going to be <laughs> so, man shit, you know hopefully somewhere hopefully somewhere that's a hard question i know yeah it's hard question. <laughs> Ho- hopefully out of rehab hopefully not in rehab not in jail mm-hmm. you know um <laughs> but yeah just just still making music definitely mm-hmm. and um anybody that you um anybody that you want to work with in particular like um kendrick mm. you know but um yeah there's a lot i would love to work with erica badu d'angelo you know like all, these crazy, <laughs> all these crazy names man but um yeah i just hope to be i just hope to still have like maintain like a positive attitude and um uh, still talking my shit about stuff that i don't like you know and um <laughs> yeah you know and yeah, just put somewhere, it in. somewhere, somewhere overseas. Hey, uh, man, that's the that's uh, the goal, man. Uh, you know, I want to thank you so much for coming uh, on the show. You. I really appreciate that. You just spent yeah, no doubt. spent a whole lot of gems. Um, yeah. If the people want to find you, where can they find you? Yeah, just just Bond Phoenix for everything. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. Thank you yeah. so much, bro. This yeah, is so thanks, good. Anna. Yeah, yeah. No doubt. Stumbled out under the
Everybody.